I'm Izzy. And I'm Jessica. And welcome back to part two of the greatest, greatest genre. genre. This is your spoiler section for episode, episode seven, seven. Uh, where we will be dissecting chapters 32 through 36 in all of their spoiler glory. Yes. For the entire <laughs> mass verse is on the table. Oh, yeah. And hopefully if you're listening to this portion of the episode, you know what that means. So that means if you do have not read further than chapter 36, proceed at your own risk. Yes. This you is your should, warning. You should continue to read. But if you have not read Crescent City or Throne of Glass, and if you have not read past chapter 36 of A Court of Thorns and Roses, I'm so sorry I cannot advise you to listen anymore. But I am very jealous of you because I wish I could also read it all for the first time again. Correct. All right, you've been warned. You have. I just want to do a quick uh, reminder of our Instagram, which is at the underscore greatest genre. Uh, Twitter, the greatest genre. Uh, Sorry, Twitter is at greatest genre. TikTok is the greatest genre. And you can email us at thegreatestgenre at gmail.com. I think that is everything. And then on YouTube, obviously, if you like visual aids, we do have a couple of those this episode. Yes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. And with that... Should we dive right in? Let's do it. Again, let's do a little final spoiler Leave if you have not read ahead. Ah! Okay. okay. So we have an exciting entryway into our spoiler section today. Yes. We got a question from one of our listeners, Corey, and she commented on our last YouTube episode. And she had an awesome question that I'm really excited to talk to you about. So she said, do you imagine all of the courts to have different accents? And... Initially, my thought was I just imagined them all to be English. That's because you're English. And I just feel like in the fantasy genre. (laughs) Colonialist? (laughs) Okay, to be clear, I am both English and American. (laughs) But the more I thought about it, I was thinking at least I would think English for the spring. English, yes. So I feel like. I picture spring, autumn, winter for sure having English English accent. So what about for the night court? Do you visualize it as English or American or something else? I kind of thought of, and I know it makes no sense, but for some reason I just think of Vivian and Callias as having Irish accents. <laughs> oh, I like that. And I have no idea why. <laughs> Maybe because the Irish are... Or like, or like Scottish, maybe? Could the Night Court have a Scottish accent? No. I think they're American. You think Cassian has a Scottish <laughs> accent? Maybe. Jamie Fraser has a Scottish accent. Does he look like Cassian? They're both raw and muscular. Jamie Fraser <laughs> is a ginger. <laughs> so does the Autumn Court have Scottish accents? They could maybe have Irish, because they're redheaded. <laughs> what about... Okay. But the autumn court is so, I actually picture the autumn court being kind of, like I picture their castle being sort of like German mm. or like Austrian. Do you know the kind of architecture style I'm talking about? We can throw yeah. some fan art as well because I have a couple of, I have a couple saved. Oh, I like that. Do you know what else? I feel like the winter court could be kind of Scandinavian. Oh yeah! Almost oh, like you know, I could, I could, I could think of them. Oh, they. Oh, speak, this is so fun, Corey. Thank you for this they, question. This is awesome. They have like their native tongue, yeah. but they speak with kind of like a Norwegian or a Swedish yes. lilt. Yes. Mm. I like that. Mm. 
an yes. ancient tongue, if you will. Mm. God, we love an ancient <laughs> okay, tongue. Okay, so what about in day, both dawn, and figuratively, mm-hmm. day dawn and um, summer. Summer is just giving the Caribbean for me. It's I right know. on the water. You said this, and I love because I was originally thinking like West African, mm-hmm. but I that's love, more day court for me. So SJM has said mm. in, and this is a quote from her that when she imagines Helion, she imagines a beautiful Persian man. Yes, ooh, like like so day court for me is a little bit more. Arabic, Middle Eastern, mm. maybe Northern African. It's giving saw talk a I little bit. I know talk you can't about talk that about right now. I'm upset that you just did that to me. That's a low blow. <laughs> Anyways, what about okay? But dawn, I cannot place. I think it's because it's the court that we perhaps know least about. That's true. That's the highest exposure to the only thing we know about the Dawn Court is that they host the High Lords meeting in Akawar. Like Thesson is. I could see it being like Far East, maybe. Mm. Oh, I like that. You know, because they're they're healers, right? That's their thing, and that makes me think of like Eastern medicine. Like holistic, you know, holistic practices. Oh yeah, I oh, can it would see be that. really cool if their architecture was more was more like East, like Japanese maybe, or even like Nepal. I can't remember what the day. I can't remember their physical. No, sorry, not the right day now. court. The what the, the dawn, dawn court. court. I, I know that Feyre is like this is freaking stunning. Right when she goes. No, mm-hmm. it seem it seems just very and like right like the clouds like mm-hmm. all those mountains over yeah. there in Asia and like. It's almost like Nepal or something. That's, like in I'm the, kind of yeah. thinking of Nepal. What a fun game. This is great. I'm having, <laughs> I could do this for another All hour. day. This is where you and I get into trouble because next thing we know, it's one in the morning and we have to be at the office at 9 a.m. Okay, but we have to, we have to, um, what so the night? spring court is, spring court is English. English. Like, and I it's do, just a fact. So like, so the autumn court could maybe be Irish. Listen, I find the Irish accent to be a problem, as you well know. And so I can get behind Lucian with an Irish lilt. Oh, my God. I need a moment. I'm not ready for you to do that. The AC down one more degree. We're like five minutes in. Oh, my God. Just one degree. I did it there. Every episode now, just turn the AC down a degree. It's a problem. Strong jawed high fame man, man. Males, sorry. Males. So here's the thing. So for the night court, mm. right? We've done everybody else. Yes. Yes. I just don't know. Maybe. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I did always think that I wanted them to have English accents. No, they don't. But then I heard the audio clip that's been circulating on social media, like the sound of the AI. British I think the night court doing, has American accents. Doing Reese saying hello fair darling and it's just wrong it's no just I, wrong. I I I agree with you actually and I can't tell you why I agree with you but I agree with you and I it's I think that wrong. they have American accents in the night court I think I hear that too and I and feel I think, like and I, I think I the feel reason like is, we are gonna be in the minority I don't think people are gonna but you know what I think it. it is at least for you me it's it's what you're familiar with and that's where the yeah. majority of the story takes place for the rest of this and right I just there's just something so about there's a reason about yeah. Hello, Feyre, darling. Like with that that darling. I don't know. 
And I cannot picture Cassian and Asriel with English. I, I do can, not. I can picture Cassian with a Scottish accent, to be clear. What are you I can't, talking I can't about? picture Asriel with one at all. I find the Scottish accent Cassian, to be very sexual. Cassian is, like, very distinctly olive-skinned with very dark hair. I know. He almost looks like he belongs in the day court. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but for the bat wing. <laughs> Wings. <laughs> At convertible, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. That one's for you, Kara. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have wings. <laughs> okay, okay, we digress. Because uh, we actually should probably get into the spoilers for chapters 32. We through. probably should, but Corey, thank 36. you so much for that question. That was so fun. It brought us so much joy. That was great. <laughs> anyone. And if that could help anyone with their casting, their fan cast yes. ideas. Help us. We help need us help aid. You. <laughs> help us help you. We're trying to put together something really fun for fan casting. At and the it's going to be season. so giggly. But only so, only if you if you help us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my first big note for the spoiler section is Highburn's unholy spellbook. Which we see again in the end of Mist and Fury, right? So my first question, I thought to myself. Oh, yes. Do upon, paint the picture. Upon rereading this. I thought to myself, mm. Jessica, you know, no Sarah, our good friend Sarah, <laughs> our good friend, our mother, who does queen. not drop Listen, important books throughout She's an her- author, okay? She's an author. So when she puts books in her story, now pay I attention. forget, is this one of the books that shows up in Crescent City or is that the book of breathings? It's the book of breathings. But let me tell you what I discovered on the internet. Oh, tell me about Zentabeps. So I thought to myself. Yes. Are there any other references to an unholy or sacrilegious text in, in the Sarah the J. Mass universe? universe? Once again, uh, I did some Googling. <laughs> and apparently no one else has gone together and indexed references. You've to got some different- indexing to do, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so apparently once again, this is going to have to be me. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no. so here's what we know about the un, about Hybern's unholy Tell spellbook. me, I'm ready. What we know is that at the end of Akatar, the Ator runs away back to Hybern, and the only thing he takes with it, it takes with it, right. is the Right, I do remember that. Mm-hmm. So Hybern used the book, and I guess because he had this book, he discovered how to find the pieces of the cauldron and put it back together. Mm-hmm. Now, the Book of Breathings which is a different book, was actually a book that was written by the species of beings many, 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 many years ago who actually feared the power of the cauldron. And they wrote this book as like a safeguard against it because it was designed to potentially allow them to neutralize the power of the cauldron if it ever became necessary. And is the Book of Breathings, is that the one that is the half of another, like it's two halves of a whole? And it gets an Amarin thing because they have to go take it from Mm -hmm. the summer court. And Amarin has to spend some time with it and kind of decoding it it and deciphering it. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. And so I was thinking about these two books and it made me think of ancient Egypt and specifically the mummy. How there is the book of the dead (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the book of Amun-Ra, the book of life. So they're almost these complementary texts, right? God, I love Sarah J. (laughs) Mass. And there's so, no way she didn't use that as some kind of inspiration. 
so if the book, if if Highburn's unholy spell book, mm-hmm. which is also what Amarantha is using to figure out how to sort of curb all of these High Lord's mm-hmm. powers, and I just I love dissecting magic systems like this. It's so much fun, especially when the rules are consistent when it's done well. They're and SJM does such a good job of that. Like she mm. creates. Because this is a big topic in the fantasy genre as a whole. Like, if you're going to it's put what magic... sets the fantasy genre apart, is mm-hmm. that you have to have a magic system, and it has and to have specific what's... rules, and the good ones are the ones that all fall together it's and make sense. what sets the good fantasy books above the rest, is when you create magic rules, and you stick to them, and you're consistent with them, and they yes. don't let up, even in the small moments of those And they books. don't overpower the story, exactly. but they do shape the story, and it creates they, really it exciting breakthroughs, and it exactly. creates mystery, and it's it's amazing. So, I was thinking about these two books, and then I did a little, there's just, there's there are more references to the Book of Breathings, so I started looking into that a little bit further. And, of course, we know that the Book of Breathings appears in Crescent City mm-hmm. in Joseba's library. Joseba's library. Mm-hmm. However, it appears in Joseba's library covered and bound. In Akatar, it appears with three... Walks. Like, almost. rings, basically. A gold, silver, and a bronze. Before Feyre chucks in the cauldron. Damn, I don't remember that, but... So it's it's, not what it it's inter- well it's interesting because it's obviously traveled right mm-hmm. through time and space not necessarily in the linear sense but it has traveled through time and space and it does appear in Josipa's library. We now, haven't had any clues to it has not showed up in Throne of Glass at all has it? I don't think so. Not that not I know the of. Book of Breathing. But we do know right that Amarin had to spend time with the Book of Breathings to decode it. Because she knew some. She had to remember it almost. She was so familiar there are, somewhat. So this is this is what I've picked up. I did some. I was. I spent a lot of time on the Accord of Thorns and Roses wiki space on fandom. I read through some amazingly detailed Reddit threads, and there are definitely those within the SJM fandom who subscribe to the theory that the Book of Breathings was written in what is called the Holy Tongue called the Leshan Hakadesh and that, and that this holy tongue is actually word marks. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, no. Right? Because Aelin oh, had no. to spend time decoding, decoding and understanding and let, yeah. word marks and she had to teach them to Rowan. But these word marks we know carry power just in just, just being in the, in just the words being. themselves almost and mm-hmm. that is actually something no that intended. is very you find that a lot in like egyptian culture as well uh mm-hmm. egyptian but also hebrew like words yes. themselves are very very powerful and, and very holy and we know and i actually i looked it up so sarah j mass studied creative writing and she also studied religions that would make a lot of which sense which is incredible I love that. Mm-hmm. And it is why I think these cultures and these histories and these magic systems she that weaves she weaves them so richly are so incredibly rich. So I had a lot of fun last night going down oh, all of these rabbit holes no. about the unholy spell book, the book of breathings, the cauldron, and potentially the connection to the word marks that could exist here between all of these three series amazing stuff i'm gonna have to start researching the spoiler section with as much detail but i do but i do really feel like highburn's unholy book and the book of breathings are 
very similar to the Book of the Dead and the Book of Life mm-hmm. in ancient Egypt. And I also love that I the... love and and then the cauldron kind of sits in the center, right? Like it's that it's that three. Mm-hmm. Like there are these two books that balance each other out, and then the thing that it can be either manipulated for good or evil. Because if Highburn's unholy spell book is also written in word marks, that would make sense of why he was able to put the cauldron back together. Right? Mm-hmm. I can just like imagine him carving the word marks on the pieces of the cauldron and having them come back together. He's so. Like, evil. I can just see it happening. So that's nicely my bit. done Thank about you. the book. Thank you. I also, I mean, just in a slightly simpler sense, I love that we get a reference to it in this book and then it plays such a huge part and not like it, it doesn't really play a big part in when we see it in crescent city it's more of a reference to the book of breathings as of it, right now as of course well we don't who knows what's going to happen when I, i'm not ready to talk out. about that either but, i can't talk about that but either. i love that it was it's a little it's a little easter egg as to what's going to happen exactly in this series itself well and i love that she was leaving clues for us before the end of Sky and Breath. Mm-hmm. She was leaving clues for us that these worlds She's were left clues every, for us in I every mean, single book. I mean, in Silver book. Flames, Clotho is doing all the research about the world stacked on top of each other. Course, I believe yeah. there's a reference to that in Throne of Glass as mm-hmm. well. You have the Book of Breathings in House of Earth and Blood. Like, they're they're all there. She is... Oh, God. She's the best. I love she her really so is. much. <clears throat> I guess we're not going linearly since we've gotten straight well, to the book. Well, I have another. I know. I'm sorry. I was just really excited to talk about the I book mean, that I had. At I first. mean, I'm impressed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind. You know how you know how SJM does like heavy intense things and then she does funny things. Yeah. So I'm gonna do a funny thing. Oh, amazing! Okay, I'm ready. Great. So I ripped on Resand pretty hard last episode. Yes. And in order to be objective and fair, mm-hmm. as a literary critic, shall we say? Yes. I'm gonna rip on Tamlin for a little bit. Proceed. <laughs> Once again, I have to step in here, like, consistent with the feedback that I gave Reese last episode, right? Like, you are losing the forest for the tree, the single tree, my guy. I think I have exactly the same note. The like, quote that I have written down is, he had put me before his entire court, before all of Prithian. And I, and I think my note is, we have to check ourselves, because this is literally what we were angry about recent for in the previous See, episode. and this is why it's okay that I have strong opinions because I am also willing to sometimes <laughs> recant them. Because my question... And, and I don't me, recant. And, and I don't recant what I said no, about Reese, but I, wait, I'm being fair here because... Let me ask a question. Okay. Because you, it sounds like, reread the curse a little more intently than I did. If Tamlin is to become what resend is amaranthus whole basically if he is to basically say i will be your consort and lover does that release his entire court and therefore all of prithian from no. their current state no it just means the masks come off and he gets and he gets what resand gets which is a little bit more freedom her her creatures aren't going to attack his court members they can like live in the spring court co- like even if he becomes her lover, she's still the High Queen. She's not going to give him all of his powers back. Okay, I misread that, and I thought that that meant that the curse was broken. No, because if he if he has all of his powers back, he's going to kill her. Right, okay. Thank you for clarifying that for sure. me. Sure. But still, my note remains, he and Reese Hand have both really decided... Everyone. 
Yeah. Like, he and Reese and both still decided that Feyre is, like, way more important than, like, all of the other people that well, depend upon also them goes, for and protection. Listen, and we can't have it both ways. We can't sit there and say we love this idea of the high female You're that correct. burns the world down for you and that puts you, you before every single person ever. And then when they do that in okay. the book, no, 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 and I'm say. and I'm not con- and I'm not saying. Listen, <laughs> listen. I, you're objectively correct. It is not what a good leader would do. I just want to state that I acknowledge for the record that if Prithian were in any way a democracy, I don't think that these guys' <laughs> decisions would, would be, win them a re-election well, with their constituency. Maybe they wouldn't even be in charge. You know what I mean? I don't know. I might, like, given like, what I find out about Reese in book two, I might elect him. But I think I'd elect Feyre first. Okay, but once again, I think we, I have just a lot of questions about the the. The total population count I think of so. the Night nice Court. So he always says that I had to make some very tough decisions very quickly because he laments in Mist and Fury that like he only protected Valaris. He was like, I had seconds to decide what to do, and I decided to throw my shields up against Valaris. And not it wasn't only those who were under the mountain that didn't that didn't that weren't protected. It was those who were in like the sprawling lands of the Night Court. I know. Basically. I'm just wondering if there were a general election <clears throat> in the Night Court. I like, think it also has something to do with Valaris has been a secret for 5,000 years. Because apparently the Illyrians don't really like Reese. Kerr and the Knight, the Court of Nightmares don't really like Reese. He's apparently the most powerful High Lord, High Lord ever, ever existed. And yet he's the <laughs> only one who has to deal with this kind of insurrection? Well, again, remember, it's they don't get a choice. The High Lord's power chooses you. I understand, but like... <laughs> I mean, there's at least some kind of element of the Dothraki, I would imagine, amongst the Illyrians, where, like, they respect and follow power. Ooh, the Illyrians are kind of like the Dothraki. I do. I kind of, I kind of picture Ooh, them I like the Dothraki. I love that. Right? Like, they respect and they follow power. Survival of the fittest. Yes. It's a very cutthroat society. So I just find it hard to believe that, like, he has to deal with all of these people who, like, reject and refuse to respect his rule when he's the But those highest. in Valaris love him. We can get into it later when we talk more about Mr. Fury. I know, we're so close to Mr. <laughs> Fury know, now like that it's starting just... to like bleed over. Um, and then I also have a little note, and it isn't really a spoiler. I mean, it is a bit. Damn, so, I didn't mean to talk. I really wanted to No, My point here <laughs> is that Tamlin let his people down by sending Pharaoh away. And I just want to state that for the record. For the record. Loud and clear, hearing you. I do not condone. I do, though, as on a, the note as, of Tamlin. As someone who is a constituent... <laughs> In general, in real life, I do not condone his actions, and I I feel like it's important to say because Tamlin in the SJM fandom gets a ton of flack, deservedly so. But also, you and I are amongst those who <laughs> you and I are amongst those that thinks he has. Uh, this he, is how much he, longer we have to fill in this episode. Okay. okay, who thinks that he does deserve a redemption knock? But I just have to say. This to those of you who, uh, we sometimes forget, as Alice was explaining what he had to go through over those years. And we what he did for her nephews when she showed so, up as a refugee. Watching all of his friends, all of them, getting killed, going over the wall, until there was hardly anybody left in his court. Like, the weight that he must have had to bear. And listen, I'm the first to say, like, I am a Resand Stan over Tamlin. Resand, Fazand. We stand. Absolutely. But rereading some of this is 
putting into perspective, again, not condoning what he does at the beginning of Mist and Fury and in other parts or of the, the story. Or the end of Mist and Fury. For a lot of Mist and Fury. Basically the whole, the whole series. Book two. It was very humbling for me at least to reread this and be like, he spent 50 years watching those he loved die. And after, also... After growing up the way that he did mm-hmm. with the father that he had. Yes. His father was chummy with Amarantha. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Alice says that Let's just Chandler take a didn't want to, anything to do with her. Let's just take a beat and remember that he actually did not trust her. Despite he was one of the only ones who had the wherewithal to be like, what are you guys doing? He wanted nothing to do with her. So let's just remember that before and everybody he, starts shitting on Tamlin. And despite the environment that he grew up in, which was very much predisposed him to be a villain... I would agree, yes. He decided that's not who he wanted to be. No, I totally agree. And I thought that it was worth Has he made big mistakes? Yes. Yes. As we could do. Do I think they are many of the characters in this book? So does everyone. So do do you and I. None of them are without fault. No. And that is what makes them interesting. Took the words right out of my mouth. Amazing. Lab we're aligned on this. Amazing. I'm so, I'm, I really hate it when we fight. I didn't I like the last episode. I felt like we were fighting. Um, okay, so my next note is just, oh gosh, do, you want, do you want to do something serious until we do something funny? Did we do, do, want to do, do a we not just one? do something funny? Do you have another funny? I have, I have a, a funny-ish. Okay, go for it. I need to talk about worm versus vum. No, we're not there yet. Okay, so That's you at go. the end. Okay, so We're you go going next. linearly. So linearly. You know. yeah. Right, okay, you go next. Yeah. So Amarantha's <laughs> powers. And we touched on this actually mostly during the non-spoiler discussion, but I do want to dive into some speculation here a little bit. Ooh, great word. And you mentioned something without me even planting the seed. Hmm. So if you guys so smart. haven't listened to our spoiler-free section, you should, because Isabel was very astute. I'm a very astute person. What can I say? What you said say? you said Amarantha <laughs> was more like a. She seems more like a a witch. A witch. A witch. <laughs> she does. She wields spells. And she seems to be very bloodthirsty, which we do from Throne of Glass know to be a very witchy a trait of some certain characteristic. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the High Lords of Prithian have a magic that is very unique to each of them. It's mm-hmm. very, very tied to their lands. It's a very special relation. It's, it's like a give and take, right, between right. their lands. It is almost like a bond. It's a very deep connection. It's a very to, deep yep. connection, and it's very, it feels very organic, which is interesting because Feyre gets a taste, like a little drop of each of those powers mm-hmm. when they resurrect her at the end of Akatar. Again, just to be clear, she, she does, does die. die. <laughs> <laughs> Tamlin wasn't wrong. But but I wanted to see if you had any thoughts about how Amarantha and Hybern's powers are different, which is because it's interesting because they are the same race and species of creature. Well, it's interesting they that are they are fey. technically geographically removed they, from Prithian. From Prithian. They're in they're in the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> don't talk about that. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is Highburn the ones that have Irish? Accents? No, I refuse to believe because the Irish. No, just but Amarantha would be so good with an Irish accent. Oh no! <gasps> Fuck! <laughs> Shit! 
No, I loved this. I loved this. That she does have a very witchy vibe about her. Because she and doesn't she, seem to have that organic. Like mm, she has. She has she, power. It, it's almost like she has like the lesser level power that the fairies but have. You know? Or that like the members of a court would oh, have. See, where it made me think of Dorian. Like, Aelin has a very specific power tied to an element, right? Fire. Mm. Rowan has that very specific element. Wind. Wind. But not all of the... Not all and of the, and all, the and all of the high powers are elemental, though. Well, summer is water. Mm. What is the night? Night? <laughs> Darkness? <laughs> well, I mean, some would say just Valg in general. Oh, Mind control oh, and no. darkness and manipulation. But, okay, so if 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 but I'm just Amarantha saying, was to be so, but thinking of her as having a witch like powers. But her power, no, she does like she does have power, but it's it's not as formed. Like, do you know mm. what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's more raw, it's more malleable, and it's almost like she needs a conductor it's almost like, like a siphon a like the, the yes. Illyrians have like she when, needs these spells she needs something to give it form and direction it's like the way that Amarin just describes a siphon when it's like if it's right if you were to throw a bucket of paint at a wall or use a paintbrush she needs something to yes. actually channel her powers and that made me think of Dorian's power mm. like when it begins it's just this raw unpredictable uncontrollable burst that comes from him right and he has to learn how to shape it and form it and control it and so i just found it interesting that those from highburn do not have that organic connection to their magic no i i really like that that the high lords of prithian do and it's a division. And it's interesting because it almost seems to me like it's less powerful than what the High Lords have, yet Highburn harbors so much power. It's so much raw to, power, exactly. but he needs tools. He needs he, the book. Exactly. He needs the cauldron. And the High Lords, it almost seems, it's like they've generationally honed and curated the power. They don't necessarily have the organization that Highburn has. Right. To, no, I, I, that's a really great point, Jess. I like that a lot. I don't have an answer for you. I, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily yeah. a question. It was just a, a, an observation. It was, it was something that I was thinking about. Witchy power. I'm a night owl. Dangerous <laughs> things happen to me when I work on this into stuff the- late into the night. <laughs> into the dregs of Reddit. Yes. Oh no. We have to talk about Lucian's powers. Oh my god. I totally missed this the first time around. Me too. Okay, but I have a question. The healing powers. Are those that belong in the Dawn Court? Well, if you would let me say what I was going to say. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Took the wind out of my sails a little bit. But he's of the day and the autumn. Okay, so spoiler, spoiler, in case you didn't already know, <laughs> listening to this part of the podcast. <laughs> Lucian's dad is Helion. <laughs> And we need the Helion Lady Autumn novella. We're going to talk about it more next episode because we meet Lady Autumn and I reread, it's like two sentences and I reread them like 19 times because I'm so obsessed with this tiny little micro offset of the story. so on brand for you. Anyways, so when Lucian came down and all of a sudden I realized he was Helion and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I was like, where does the yeah, healing where power does that come, come from? Hold on. Did you do some research? I did. <laughs> So I was like Hermione Granger. So I went, went to, to the, the library. library. <laughs> Google. <laughs> so he does wield firepower, but that mm. is actually, it turns out, just as much from his mother's side as Baron's. Because mm. Baron married Lucian's mother because her family was so she ancient. Was, she was a and she, she was, was a very powerful a titled old she family. Was very right. powerful. Old, I mean, old money. And when we say old money in Prithian, we mean old magic. Mm-hmm. Old power. So his fire power comes from his mother's line. But this healing ability is not something that is typically associated with the Autumn Court. So I will read to you Helion's power in Sarah J. Mass verse. Oh my god. I'm ready. Is described as a golden white healing light. And when Lucian is in the cell with Feyre... There is this white kind Mm. of glowing orb over his shoulder as he heals her. And another part of this property. Thank you for saying that because I always think of Helion as like spell cleaver. So another part of this property. Like that that is the way his power is visually described. Mm. Visually described. Which is a very similar visual description that we get of Lucian's power in the cell. And... Now, knowing what I know, reading that again, I was like, how did we not pick up on this? Anyways, <laughs> I told you I was going to bump into this. <laughs> and then another property of this power, of Helion's power, is to seamlessly cut through magical wards and enchantments, which has given him the term spell cleaver. Okay, that is always where my mind goes when I first think of yes. decor powers. So that was my little nugget takeaway from there. That was our first clue from Sarah. That. But also, again, like, 10 out of 10 pollution, being the one that I've said it once seems to already the day. in episode 7. I do not understand, as Feyre, how you're not switching sides at this point. However, so also just a little side note. Mm-hmm. I, the entire time, imagined this affair between Helion and Lady Autumn happening when he was High Lord, but he wasn't. Because Helion's father was one of the High Lords the Amarantha that, were, that Amarantha killed. murdered mm. while they were all under the mountain. Callias's father, Helion's father. Fesson? No, Tarquin. And Tarquin's father. I thought it was four of them. No, it's she three. Sorted, oh, she sorted, it okay, three. She sorted three. Day, winter, and summer. They were the only High Lords, apparently, that had the balls enough to try to band together and overthrow. They tried to call for aid. From the other fairy Wait, realms. Sorry, say it again. Winter, winter, day, summer, and summer, and day. So, Calias, one of the solar courts, two of the solar courts, and one of the seasonal courts. All two right. seasonal, one solar. Winter, summer. Oh, right. I thought day. Thank you. Appreciate you. It's okay. <laughs> so, for you, does that make it more hot or less hot that, that he they were having an affair before that he, he was, was or wasn't? Lord? I at think it first, makes it equally hot just knowing that it's Helion. I it was less hot, and then I was like, no, it doesn't. It's Helion. The man He's oozes sexuality. hot. <laughs> He's just lust incarnate. Yes. A problem. Probably, a actually, problem. the most problematic of all the High Lords. I agree. Put that finger away. <laughs> We also know, yes. excuse me, that Lucian can winnow. Can he? He vanishes into thin air out of 
Feyre's cell. But I thought that later on in the books, he's not able to winnow. He has well, to get carried. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a... Because he, Feyre says he vanishes into thin air, just like very similarly to how she describes Reese disappearing. Hmm. I'll have to do some research on that one because I could have sworn that later on he isn't... Maybe he is. I can't remember. I thought that he had to get carried at certain times because he... I, oh, he definitely does, but I think that's just because he can't get to the House of Wind because Oh, you can't winnow into where... the House of Wind. Maybe that's it. Oh, very tough. Very tough. Who cares? Illusion. I can't remember. Is it Asriel? No. That's so insulting. I know. Illusion so much better. Um, I had... Just a couple of notes during Feyre's time under the mountain. You start to see her immediately taking on the responsibility and the guilt, especially when she sees Claire Bedor and she see and she starts right off the bat putting it all on herself. And you kind of begin she to does. see the beginnings of what she's going through at the beginning of Mist and Fury with her depression and her guilt and just all of the emotions that weigh so heavily on her in those chapters. Because she's so survival mode under mm-hmm. the mountain. And she, there's no room. Again, it's like she's reverting back to that version of herself I think that she was even a line, Jess, when she, when she references that useless and stupid part of her mind when she sees something beautiful. I don't even remember what it is down there. It's, it's under the mountain and she sees like a glimpse of something beautiful. Is it when he sends so, the music? When she maybe. The music? No, no, no. It's not the music because it's, it's in these five chapters. And she immediately starts thinking of that part of her mind again as mm. useless because it's not going to help her survive, which is a theme that we see at the beginning of Mist and Fury. So just you, you begin to see the beginnings of that. It's normal note that I had. Reese loves his people enough to whore himself out for Amarantha. Why can't Tamlin? <clears throat> it's not quite the same situation, but there are some similarities there. Um, and then I just have another note that... No, no, that's... No, that's, that's a fair note. Like... <laughs> That's a fair note. And he, again, we have notes about the way that Reese doesn't protect all of his court. Again, I was re- recently rereading some of Mist and Fury. I have questions. Yeah, questions. He, to quote him directly, had to make some really tough decisions really quickly. And he does have regrets about who he was and wasn't able to protect. But. And I think the difference. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He, like, Tamlin is just sitting there doing nothing. And I think it's because. He has resigned himself to his failure, which is what he always really believed, I think, yes. was going to happen anyway. I think Vera acknowledges that down the line. She goes, I think that he did just think that it was already a lost cause. Yeah. And, and again, like going back to the, like we talked about this briefly last episode, I think it's sad that he can't find that courage within himself mm-hmm. to believe, believe that he could or that he deserves it, yeah. Or that he deserves something like, fighting for, you know? Yeah. So it is it is sad, but it is also still at the end of the day, unfortunately, reprehensible. Yes. And again, we are not the ones being held under a mountain against our will. But I powers. have to believe, knowing myself, that I would be a little bit more like Lucian and a little bit just, less just like Just try Cat. to do at something. At the very least, I'm going to be indignant. And then also I just have to... <laughs> We have Thera just immediately does all three of the things that Alice says not to do. No, she definitely does. Like yeah. almost <laughs> almost in order. <laughs> like don't trust your senses. 
don't, don't make drink. bargains with anybody. <laughs> don't drink very wine. Don't drink one, wine. two, and three right off the bat. Although, Resan definitely encouraged her to do the fairy wine pot. Wait. And then should we discuss? Oh, I was going to say, I'm at the riddle. Where are you? Oh, I'm at the brothers. Okay, you go for, go for the brothers. You go okay. first. I just have to say. Yes. Eris is hot. <laughs> that's my controversial take. There it is. I'm sure it's not the only one, but that's my controversial take of today. <laughs> Eris Listen. is hot. The Van Sarah boys can get it. They are like super hot, super scary Weasley twins. Give them instruments. Put them in a boy band. I'll be their first groupie. I'm into it. I'm interested to see what Eris's story has left to yield because girl, we, we do not know, know we everything there know is to know about is. him. Eris is Morley Gray. Eris is Morley mm-hmm. Gray. I think his brothers Say are not, no especially more. the. De- I think his brothers, especially the dead ones, perhaps not. I think Eris has been playing 4D chess for a long time. A long time. I'm I'm excited. Hot. <laughs> about the riddle now yeah. and about how you and I immediately oh my knew God. The I was like, love. Well, obviously it's love I, but like, I obviously could sit and text to you and I was like that's so obvious. So for those of you that don't know, Jess gave Jess read this book before I did. Then she immediately gave it to me. I think me. I read it on the plane ride back from California. I read it in one day when I was really hungover. I remember reading this and deciding not to text Jessica in case it was super embarrassing that I was wrong. <laughs> because as soon as I read the riddle, I was like, well, this is obviously love, isn't it? <laughs> like, it, obviously. I feel, I feel like Severus Snape. Obviously. Okay, but now we know that Amarantha was like... I get, and I missed that the first read around because her, I was I, barreling through we were, it. <laughs> we were like the worm. Oh, no. Barreling Don't and twisting through. the Oh, no. <laughs> but then once she's defogged, you don't think that... Listen... Listen, I, I'm not in a high stress however, situation while reading. However, Amarantha so. did say, "If you get it wrong, then everyone dies." Right? Something, else, something along those is lines. Fucked. So, so that alone would make me pretty hesitant take, to take answer pause. the riddle. I would probably take my chances. Fair I, enough. I guess it was more like I didn't know if SJM I would wanted wait, us I would to wait be wait confused. until I was dumped into the worm shit pit, <laughs> and then you'd be like, um, and then I'd "I liked like, it. I would like to see what an answer." Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess it was more like, maybe not if Amarantha gave a complicated riddle, but if SJM was giving us a complicated Did she think that what she was giving us was confusing? I actually don't. You think that she knew that we would all be like, love? I do. Okay, well, thank fuck. Because... No, I do. Was, no, I do. I do. <laughs> I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, thank God. I mean, it's so funny. Now when I hear riddles... Under a mountain, in the depths. What has uh, it got in its pockets? I, I just, I think Gollum. Yeah. And I think Bilbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the best one. Best I one. also think of um, Goblet of Fire and the Sphinx. Oh, the, the Sphinx. You know, when I was hosting trivia a couple weeks ago, someone came up and they recited the entire riddle to me did for an extra point. Did you bonus points? I sure did. Amazing. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and I can't give you any of those lines. It's very impressive. impressive. I know. Was it a man or a woman? It was a woman. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, and then just read us briefly. Yeah. Must discuss. Mm-hmm. 
the worm. I'm so sorry. And I have to stop you one last time. Why? Because. <laughs> I just want to talk about the spelling inconsistencies. Okay, <laughs> okay fine. We can talk about the we can talk about the worm. She says the midden god worm. Well, the word midden god only comes once, but they she describes it as a worm as pink and brown and fleshy. fleshy. I don't actually know if she's the word fleshy, but it's well, gross. it is an invertebrate, so it is in fact yes. entirely flesh. Surging and twisting with horrific ease. Surging, brown that's body. the word. Ew, ew, there ew. it is. But it's spelled worm every single time, and I word, and I searched this W O R M. In, so in book one, in book in one, it is spelled worm W O R M, like an earthworm. And then I win because I, I know that they I referenced. Wish I had known that you have a phobia of worms before I reread this. Book. Are you joking? I feel like we've definitely Are you had this joking? conversation. <laughs> Definitely had this yeah, conversation. I just, yeah, I it just is my on the island. only in. phobia in the world is earthworms. It's your only phobia. Yeah, it's your only. Like worm. I have, my body has like a, a visceral reaction. Oh. I have several of those. But we that's don't for need to. Time. Okay. <laughs> I know that they reference that most reference this event trial multiple times in so Mist and Fury. So I went to the second book and I said, okay, bother, no, we don't need to talk would about." Would it be an earthworm? Most likely. Interesting. <laughs> like a really big one. Oh Not my unlike God. the Midden God. Okay, well, a really worm. big earthworm is scary. A <laughs> tiny earthworm is not it scary. It was almost worse than there are like a lot of them. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh, a boggart for you would be like. Oh, you, Jessica, actually, please don't. I, I can't even, don't make hand gestures. My, my blood pressure is rising. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm stopping. <laughs> so, in the second book, I went back to find references to the Midden God Worm, yeah, but I couldn't find any, and then I realized it's spelled W Y R M in the next one. Okay, that, in my opinion, that's on the editor. Maybe it's like a change of mindset. No, 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 that's on the editor. When you're talking about grammar and spelling consistencies, that is on the editor. Because I gotta say, it really changed how I visualized it. Well, yeah, because in <laughs> because in lore, in traditional I mean, fantasy lore, I'm reading lore, Priory the Orange right now. A it's worm, spelled W-Y-R-M. It's like a dragon with no legs. Ladies and gentlemen, your fantasy readers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a worm. So, for those of you who did not beg your mothers to buy you the dragon lore. Your required reading. Hardcover <laughs> book from Barnes & Noble. <laughs> There are many classifications of creatures that fall under the very large umbrella of dragonoid beings. And the worm is basically like the most basic of those creatures. So if you're talking about a worm spelled W-Y-R-M, you are talking about a dragon with no wings and no legs. Mm-hmm. But it is it, it moves like a snake. It's very big. It is scaled. So it has is scaly. spiked. It has very sharp sh- teeth. Pointed Face, sharp teeth, very vertebrate. Yes. A worm, spelled W-O-R-M, is a fleshy, surging, brownish, pinkish, squishy... With no spine. Thing. (laughs) I don't know what else. I don't know what that makes other people think about, but... Can you not? I won't. Okay. So that was just my only note about worm versus verm. And I'm talking about W-Y-R-M is verm. Verm. Just moving forward. I always sort of read it as like weird. <laughs> <laughs> Another note about the first trial in Mist and Fury in chapter 54. 
while Reese oh is God. telling yes, yes, when yes, Reese yes, is yes. telling his Wait, story about when he final... felt like when he he goes the moment I fell in love with you. Oh no, I guess it's after that coupling. He goes, is the moment you threw that bone at Amarantha after no, defeating No, he said the... it was the moment you f- gave me the middle finger. No, it was throwing the bone, I think. I Whatever think, it was. I think it's when she gave the middle finger because he says, you reminded me so much of Cassian. Of Ca- well, moment. I can imagine him saying, if you don't marry her, I will. And and I do have a note here that says, it has to be true love if he falls for you while you are covered head to toe in worm shit. Worm poo. Yes. Mm-hmm. So gross. So Ew. moral 10 of the 10. story. Yuck. Moral of the story: Don't settle, ladies. Get you <laughs> and and our gentlemen. Get you somebody. Hang on. Who still thinks you are the shit when you are oh, covered so, in shit? Jessica, you're right. I just found it. The moment I fell in love with you. I'm sorry, what was it? I realized you were cleaving those bones to make a trap for the midden god, them. Or maybe the moment you flipped me off for mocking you. It reminded me so much of Cassian. For the first time in decades, I wanted to laugh. I hate when you're right and I'm wrong. (laughs) I hate it when you're right and I'm wrong. So I guess that's why we're friends. Okay, so I have one final note about while we're talking about Feyre. Because actually my final note was get you a man who thinks you're the shit when you're covered in shit. (laughs) But we've gone out of order, and that's okay. I did want to talk quickly about when Feyre gives Amarantha her name, and Amarantha says, an old name from our earliest dialects, which I totally disregarded the first time that I read it. Mm -hmm. But given the conversations that we've had, I actually kind of clung on to this a little bit, and I thought it was very, very, very noteworthy that Amarantha recognizes Feyre's name. She's heard it before. It's significant to her. How old is Amarantha? Amarantha is she's old. old. She's, she's over older than Reese. Yeah, because she was a general, and, and he was young in those wars. Tamlin was. wasn't even. Tamlin was a Tamlin, child. Tamlin wasn't even yeah. fighting yet. <clears throat> so the fact that she says an old name from our earliest dialects. Now remember that Amarantha does not see human beings. Anywhere near, like when she says our, she's talking about the Fae. So going back to the speculations that you and I have shared with each other. Yes. About Feyre's parentage. We've talked about potentially the connection between Feyre's mother and Prithian and really like the Fae. Yes. No, there is something that we do not know about Feyre's mom. Right. But the the first conclusion that we explored was that Feyre's mother could be Fae or half Fae. But there's another side of that where it's possible that Feyre, and I'm going to include Nesta in this, just because they have different they have the characteristics. Same color eyes and they are a little bit stronger, a little bit colder, a little bit edgier, Savia. a little bit savvier. Elaine seems to be the only one of the three that actually has a relationship with their father. Feyre notes multiple times that Elaine has their father's eyes. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that does. So I just want to throw the option out there that Feyre could, Feyre and Nesta could have been fathered by somebody else. Someone who is not, in fact, Papa Argeron. Jessica, was that like... Was that last night while you were in the depths of the internet? Was that a was that a Jess original? <clears throat> uh, no, I mean this is this is something that the fandom has discussed. That's wild. 
you when you mentioned the mother I can't actually find <clears throat> most people I think subscribe to the fact that Feyre's mother had an affair of some kind with a fae with a fae mm. or a demi fae and that is Do why Do demi exist in Prithian? I don't know. We don't we only get reference to them in Throne of Glass. I don't know, but I do believe because, like, again, because Elaine had such a rougher transition than Nesta too into becoming Faye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she mor- Elaine mourns her humanity. Yeah, and Nesta so lent, much more than Nesta. In, like yeah. Nesta and Faye really don't, but Elaine does, and Elaine has this very strong connection with their father, and she has this very strong connection with the earth, with all things that are. Grow, seasonal natu- yeah. and delicate and finite like I think Elaine was always truly mortal I think it Nesta, makes it I mean, makes more sense death. to me it's timeless it makes more sense to me that Nesta and Feyre would have had something in their blood that was immortal all along that made that transition easier that's a great point I like that so that was another little a little tidbit it does also make sense to me that Amarantha would be so singularly focused on what is literally before her that she would not think, why does this human have such an ancient fey name? Also, if you just think about it, Feyre, Nesta, never names I've heard before. Elaine. Well, Elaine. That's not for grit. Forget. <laughs> Elaine being an Aelin <laughs> haunts me. Most nights to this day, <laughs> I uh, I'm very 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 interested to see how that plays out if what, that plays and out and if it means any anything way. at all because I, I feel but, like SJM also throws us some red herrings sometimes. But I'm I'm really excited to get into Mist and Fury, particularly the end of Mist and Fury because when Nesta and Elaine go into the cauldron, it's such different experiences. For I'm excited to read about Nesta and Elaine. The next, but well, knowing everything that we know now, yes, and deep, deep diving. It was just such a different experience for them being made because the cauldron reacts so differently to the two of them, and it just it just makes sense to me. There's something about Nesta and Feyre having a different father than Elaine that just makes sense to me. I agree. I think that's a great note. I guess we'll I guess we'll end on that sort of I think that's a great ellipses. I think it's a great ending. We're right at the hour mark. So Perfect. thank you if you are still with us so much. We appreciate you I more than you could ever know. Section yet. That was a great one. Thank you so much. A reminder to please, please, please follow us and subscribe on Spotify. And Apple Podcasts and YouTube. You've heard the handles, so I don't think I have to... We're not going to do it to you again. But Uh, yes, please follow and subscribe. And please send us your feedback. Please send us your theories. Yeah. Send us links to Reddit (laughs) threads that you love. Send us your fan art. Send us your fan cast suggestions. We are holding out hope for the show. Totally. And a new request, if you so feel like it, um, if you choose to leave a review, that does huge things for us. And we really, really appreciate it. Give us and share us on your socials. Yeah, no, and spread the we word love, about we the would love it so genre. much. <laughs> um, now that I know we have a link tree, as of about twenty minutes yes, ago, yes, it is in. It is <laughs> li- like literally the link in our bio is our link tree, so you so can find. So I am hoping that at the end of this week, there. you will have an order form where you can get your own greatest genre T-shirt. Um, Are so you, you wearing yours? I am. You can rep. 
the pod <laughs> and the greatest genre. And if there is, you know, an overwhelming response, we might have other merch as well someday. Who knows? All right. Thank you guys so much. We've had so much fun. This has been the greatest genre. We will see you, we love you. next time.